All right, ladies and gents, this is your man, El Jamal, and I'm coming back for episode 71 of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got their facts. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. I've been gone for the past couple of days. Uh, I've been in D.C. I put out an episode, uh, one episode out there, but I'm officially settled back in Cali. So uh, this is my first episode since being back. And there's, like I said, there's a few things to talk about, quite a few things to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about the MLB playoffs the NLDS tonight and then we're also going to be previewing the ALDS as well. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the, some NFL news as well. Uh, just some Thursday night football really and then uh, th three questions I got going into week five and also three t uh, takeaways that I got from week four and uh, since there's a lot of news that I want to catch you guys up on I got a few hot takes before I get to the war on the street. So let's get right into it. Now on Monday Trump signed a new trade deal with Mexico and Canada this is called the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement. The uh, the deal will generate at least $12 trillion, I think between 12.2, 12.6, somewhere around that region. Uh, this will also help American farmers gain access to, uh, to the American market. And that's been pr uh, pretty much what Trump's uh, campaign, at least one of his, his focal points have been in the in the. In, in the present day, America first, at least on the international scale and business scale. So, I mean, at least he's beating up to, he's meeting that requirement. Um, He's he's keeping that word. Uh, he also wants uh, a good percentage of car manufacturing to be done in America, uh, North America, that is. And he wants 40 to 45% of automotive, Amer uh, automotive workers in this country specifically to be earning $16. Now, I'm not too sure when that's going to all be enforced. That sounds all great, but as you all know, living in a state like California, $16 is barely a tip in the bucket. So thanks, Donald Trump. I think we need a lot more than that. I'm not satisfied. Sorry. Even if it's just cars, I think we should make our own car companies and be in businessmen for ourselves, especially since I know uh, we'll, we'll get into more of that guy in a minute since I, we all know how he got his little money anyways. Uh, anyways, another hot take here, Cristiano Ronaldo, like I'm telling you, all your, all, I mean, young men with money, you know, some type of uh, prestige, watch out, not saying that, you know, it's a setup or anything like that, just, you know, be careful with what you're doing, and don't, and don't push boundaries with people, but apparently, uh, the world star, the world, you know, world-renowned soccer player, World Cup, you know, World Cup, you know, recently, he was accused of raping a woman named Catherine Mayorga at a Las Vegas hotel in 2009. Stop messing with women, some of y'all. Y'all just need to leave women alone. First, it was first reported in a German uh, magazine called Der Spiegel. If I mispronounced that, I'm sorry. I'm not German, so there you go. Uh, but his quote here is my, uh, one of his main quotes here is, my clear conscience will thereby allow me to await with tranquility the results of any and all investigations. So, you know, I, he's apparently saying, you know, I'm not really tripping about it. You know, I didn't really do anything. Uh, I'm not saying that he did or did not. I wasn't there. But, you know, damn, dude, y'all got to be careful. Either way, whatever y'all doing, stop doing it or just don't hang out with certain women. I don't. Y'all make y'all make the choice. Get a girlfriend. Say you know where he should have been. He probably should have been with his wife. I know. I know he has a kid or two. That's where he should have been. Anyways, Mayorga filed a police report, but settled out of court for three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars for not going public. So, again, y'all gotta be careful or just pay. If y'all gonna, I don't know what y'all gonna do with 
especially these cats with money. I don't know what y'all gonna maybe pay them some more money. Maybe they'll shut up and not make stuff up about you. I don't know. And maybe you should just, like I said, you should have been at home with your wife. I'm pretty sure he has a wife that he should have been home with. So I don't know, man. Y'all need to stop messing up. Some of y'all just be getting in situations that y'all could be avoiding. Either, regardless of really what happened. Now, anyways, uh, back the the and the, the final uh, quick take we got is there was a major earthquake last week in Indonesia. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, Palau, Indonesia, Palu, actually, Indonesia, and it was a 7.5 magnitude on on the Richter on the Richter scale. Excuse me, and this led to a tsunami with waves of 20 feet high. Now the aftershocks shocks throughout the rest of the week were at 6.0 as well, and it forced uh, Mount Saputan on Sulawesi Island to erupt. Now 60,000 people have been replaced. I mean, sorry, displaced throughout the uh, uh, the, the islands, and uh, 1,400 people have been confirmed dead. So it's very, it was a very, it's a very serious situation going on right now. And if you are into donating, if you really are into those type of things, uh, you can get in. You can find uh, some uh, contact with the American Red Cross as well as the Indonesian uh, Red Cross as well. And there's also a couple of Facebook pages uh, directed to that. And you know. And I want to, if I, when I do cover these uh, national disasters, whether it be at home or abroad, I do want to put those uh, tablets in there just in case you guys are into that. And I think that it's important that we do whenever we can get involved in that. But uh, just so y'all know, I'm just putting that out there for y'all. And and finally, let's get into this war on the street. Now, your boy Trump has some really, some really explaining to do. Now, a New York Times article uh, was published uh, last week exposing Trump and his father Fred's finances. Trump and his siblings created a dummy corporation, which, I, I, you know, I wanted to get another word for false. You know, I just said dummy corporation just to hide millions of dollars of income. He also helped his father make improper tax deductions. He undervalued his parents' real estate holdings. And he avoided higher tax bills when uh, his, him and his siblings inherited the properties. So, you know, your president is scamming you. No matter what he says, I'm sorry, he's a snake. He's a con man. I'm sorry. I, 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 now, now, anybody could tell me, well, his family just took care of him. That's what you're supposed Okay. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they asked for all that on our tax returns. They ask us about our, our lottery earnings, our casino gambling wins. Any income that we generate, we have to be accounted for. But somehow, we okay with these people not being accounted for. That's a problem to me. I don't agree with that. I think we should be definitely, and I'm not too sure, I don't, I'm not too concerned about exactly his figures and what he's making. Of course, I understand the, the sentiment of why you worried about what's in the next man's pocket. Of course. And mind you, I don't give a damn what the man is, what really what's in the man's pockets. But I, I, okay. You want to know the irony of it all though? I was in Washington, D.C. And we all know about Washington, D.C. being the, the home of these people, you know, the government, your president. And all this and that. But one thing that I thought was ironic about it was if you look at their 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 um, their license plates, what's on the bottom? I know my residents know and I know my family that's going to be listening. They gonna know what I'm talking about. It says on the bottom of their, their license plates, it says taxation without representation. That's what this nation was all about. So we are paying taxes to whom now? 
We are paying taxes to what now? The Fed? That ain't even a, 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 a government-ran entity. Are we pay, paying taxes to, to Trump? Now, who the fuck is Trump outside of, okay, he's the president. We're giving him this title because people voted for him. I get it. Okay. But think about it. He knows, oh, he owes no, he owes you no real representation. He doesn't represent you. He doesn't even represent you. So he, you pay him taxes and he doesn't represent you. That's an issue. He's been scamming off the top. His family's been scamming off the top from, from the get go. And a lot of people like him, regardless of his race, regardless of race, let's bring race out of it because a lot in a lot of these churches, the preacher do it too. So now let's break it down. It happens on all levels, in all races, in all religious faiths. So now I, I, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty of this. We are allowing the aristocrats of this, of this establishment to dictate all our future, our laws. Are you serious right now? That's what you. That's what we've allowed to, to happen to us. Because what we think we're gonna get a little bit off of that too. How is that the case when he when he just wants to pay you sixteen dollars to make the cars? Get the fuck out of here. Come on now. Back in the day, back in back in our grandparents' day, even before that, and you can look at you might look at their paycheck, you might look at you know the 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 hours and you know our you know dollar per hour in which they be paid and go that's relatively low, which it would be yes, but relative to cost of living, are you serious? Come on, bro. If they brought those factory jobs back to California, yeah, okay, car manufacturing jobs, oh, that's 16 bucks an hour. You know, goddamn well, you ain't getting, you ain't affording nothing for no 16 bucks an hour in the immediate Bay Area. Don't kid yourself. Okay? They only want to offer you health care. Now, you want to know another fact? The Trumps paid only $52 million and five percent of their total earnings, five hundred fifty million, five percent, and the loans Donald received from his daddy total four. four I'm sorry, four hundred thirteen million. Wow! But yet this government wants to know if my mama gave me two hundred dollars, or if I gave somebody else two hundred dollars. Come on, please. They want they want some of your gambling earnings that they didn't even do that. They, they didn't put up their money for that. Get out of here. They don't they don't put in the effort that you put in at work, but they want to stop. Stop kidding yourself. How much they take out. If you my, my, my you know, people, people that bring in home, they paychecks, living paycheck to paycheck. Be honest with yourself. The more you work, the more taxes they put out. Come on, the more taxes they take out of your paycheck. And you mean to tell me you cool with somebody who ain't been paying them? Oh my God! I'm I, I'm sorry. I it ain't about, I'm done with the race card. It ain't about the race card. I'm not even gonna play the race card with y'all no more. I'm giving you the. He been scamming you. That's why he don't want you to see the tax return. Now somehow we not. That's not important. Every president has had to show that, except for this man. And we and we somehow okay with this. This is why. This is why, dude. <laughs> this is the corruption that y'all think that y'all were getting out of that's that Hillary was that, that Hillary was pushing. This is the corruption right here. What are you talking about? 
This is just as corrupt as, as Benghazi. This is more corrupt than Benghazi because he, we had to pay this motherfucker. Are you see? He's pimp. Don't you see what he's doing? He's pimp. He's trying to pimp us. And he's putting Kavanaugh out there just for the distraction. He's taking your money. And he's going and he's and he's going to golf. He's going to golf afterwards. This is not your friend. And I and I'm I mean it's like he don't even represent the working class whites that voted for him. Come on, man. At least they have to pay their taxes. Don't y'all realize that y'all paying y'all taxes. He's not. Y'all sorry. That's why racism is the dumbest thing ever. Sorry. This is why racism blows up in white people's faces. I'm sorry. Y'all just as broke as us. Do y'all do you, at this point, do you feel like you've made the better decision? I'm sorry. He don't even pay his taxes. But you want you want to follow his laws? I'm not saying anarchy and let's just be all messed up and cruel to the world. No, no. But I'm just saying. Taxation without representation is what led to this revolution in the first place. So you mean to tell me we're going back? To me, we're taking a step back with this. This I I I'm sorry. This is this is exactly what we were fighting against. And you know, if we were to follow the ideals of you know James Madison and, and Thomas Jefferson. Sorry, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy this right here. I mean, I, 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 I don't buy the fact that we really think this guy is doing something for. And then gave us, he gives us a two percent tax cut, and then gives the corporations twenty five percent. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, we're gonna take a break. When I come back, we're gonna talk some NFL. Damn. Mm mm mm. All right, y'all, so we back. We're going to talk some NFL action. And last night, of course, was Thursday night football. And the Pats took on the Colts. And I think, you know, without really any real surprise, they ended up winning that game. They won 38-24. to As far as stats go, Tom Brady, he had a... He had a human game, I think. I mean, he definitely had a human game, and he's been looking human kind of this season, and the Pats have too. Uh, well, anyways, he went 34-44, 341 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Sony Michelle, he had a, uh, I would say, a pretty much a break, another breakout game, decent game. Uh, he had 98 yards and a touchdown, uh, and he also averaged uh, 5.7 yards to carry, so almost a first down every time he touched the ball, which is uh, well halfway to a first down every time he touched the ball, which is pretty decent. Uh, James White. Uh, he had a good game catching the ball, even though he's a running back. He had 10 catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. And Josh Gordon also had a touchdown as well. So it looks like he's fitting in with the New England system. He's producing. So who knows what? Who knows how far they can go? Uh, they can go, you know, um, Julian Edelman. He also had some action, too. He caught a couple passes last night. So uh, they definitely have some help. But uh, Devin McCourty on defense led the way. He had 14 total tackles. And Jonathan Jones and Patrick Chung, they also had interceptions uh, as well. Now, as far as Andrew Luck and, and the Colts are concerned, he went 38 and 59. He had 365 yards, three touchdowns, and also two interceptions, just like Brady. Now, uh, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. Both of them combined for 84 yards and zero touchdowns, and this is gonna. This is just a highlight. This is just a little part of a problem that I wanted to highlight in just a second in terms of running the football. But I get to that in a little bit. Now, in terms of receiving, Eric Ebron led the way with nine catches and two to uh, two touchdowns. Now, uh, well, 
let's go into my three takeaways from week four. And I'm gonna just go right into the page, uh, the patch, the Patriots right now. And uh, I'm not really convinced that they're just back yet. So I'm not gonna buy into them just now. I know they're, you know, they're, you know, they evened out. They're at two and two at the moment. But the wins were against Miami, which is a team that I don't, you know, I didn't really see winning the AFC anyways. Uh, to me, if anything, they were a dark horse, possibly even a sleeper. Uh, just a team that, even though they started off hot, you know, with those three wins, you know, they weren't against three great teams. So, you know, at least a team like New England that's still good, I would say a B, a B, a solid B team, regardless of the losses and everything like that. I still thought a, a team like you know the Patriots could take them on, regardless of record. So I really wasn't surprised by that game, despite Miami's record. And I'm not, I'm not really buying the Indy win either. We all know Indy is kind of trash right now. Andrew Luck has no weapons and he has no defense. So those were two easy wins that I figured that they would get. Uh, I need to see them later on into the season. I know they play Baltimore at some point. Baltimore is going to be a top playoff team. They might even still be, you know, number one in the division, uh, barring that uh, Cincinnati uh, doesn't just get hot out of nowhere. But uh, I, I definitely think the pat the page the Patriots need some time. The Pats need some time before I really uh, think that they're going to be right back into the Super Bowl mix. At, as of, at, at the moment, I have L.A. representing the NFC, and as far as the AFC. I it's still undecided for me, but I can still I definitely see the Rams winning the NFC as of today. Now my other takeaway from Week Four is Baker Mayfield is still is still a work in progress. Uh, you know his his numbers were limited in his first his first act his first game against uh, New York. So he wasn't I mean he didn't really throw for any touchdowns. He didn't throw for any interceptions though. Uh, but his last game against the Raiders, I saw him a lot more. I saw the highlights. I watched uh, the actual game at least the last couple of quarters, and um, I saw that they, he he needed some work. Uh, really, I mean he's not he's not a bad quarterback. Uh, he definitely threw for two hundred ninety five yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but he had a seventy point seven rating. Now. Uh, when I looked at his has at his throwing motion, I realized there was you know something that could be changed up. Of course, he's gonna need a, a season or season or so to really get that rectified. But definitely, I saw some some things in which his game, you know, at least his mechanics, they do need some help. And I think that Wick is gonna get into trouble at certain points in the year because you know for the Raiders, for as many woes as they had, you know, this season defensively, and although they didn't really play super well defensively in that game anyway it's giving up you know a whole bunch of points 40 something point but 42 points and you know at the same time you know they were able to able to get two interceptions but I think that's really because of Baker Mayfield's you know just his his throwing at this point I think there's some things that he can change like I said some things he needs to change in that throwing motion it's somewhere it's hitched and it looks like he's almost trying to overthrow uh, defenders and it doesn't it looks like you know it doesn't work it, and I could tell like there's an issue here it's not a fluid motion in my opinion and I think it's I think the release is a little bit fast but like I said it's a hitch somewhere and it's not going directly to where it needs to go just yet he's not he's not, he's definitely was not the most accurate of the quarterbacks going into the draft that's what I'm seeing now I and I think to be honest with you none of them are all that accurate uh, I haven't seen Joe uh, Josh Rosen play just yet but I'll keep 
keep an eye out for that as well. But so far, I uh, definitely think he's he's definitely the guy to lead them probably in the future. But as of now, he definitely is a work in progress. He has 496 yards so far, and he has 81.3 rating. So, like I said, he's good, but he's still emerging, and he's going to need definitely need some help. And hopefully he gets that this season. He's not on his ass all the time being chased around by defenders either. Uh, and the last takeaway that I got from week four is this is make or break time for Atlanta. Uh, they are currently one and three. They are last in the NFC South. They have a few injuries uh, going into this week. Uh, Tevin Coleman might be out, even though he's he did suit up for practice. So he might be uh, he might be able to play come Sunday. Uh, Julio Jones, he didn't play. Uh, he didn't he didn't practice this week and neither did Vic Beasley. They both did not practice today due to injuries. And it's, they are questionable for next week. And this is make or break time. I just feel because, you know, at this point, I feel like if this season doesn't really work out, Dan Quinn's out of a job. You know, ain't no telling what. I mean, we already have a feeling that Julio Jones may not want to be there, so there's no guarantee he comes back. So the question is, where do you do? Where do you go from here? So uh, hopefully, you know, they they're able to get something going next week. But I don't know. I mean, if they if they keep falling, like I said, expect some changes to be made next week. All right, now three questions that I got going into week five. Now I got my first my first question is, who's gonna lose first out of? The Rams and Kansas City. Now the Rams are playing Seattle this week. I think that's an easy win. Rams O line sucks. Uh for the for and that's just putting it lightly. The Rams got a great defensive line. I look for them to get after Russell Wilson. He's gonna have a difficult game. Uh I don't think he I don't think their their team is balanced enough in terms of offense for them to be able to run the ball, you know, just to just to offset everything, offset that pass rush. I think the Rams win big that game and it's a telltale game for Seattle. Uh you start seeing a little bit more of just just how much you know, he needs an offensive line. I think this is one of those games. And in terms of the Rams, I mean, I'm sorry, in terms of KC, uh, they're going to be playing the Jags this week. I think this is an interesting game because a lot of people, uh, and I think, well, this is true, though. They do have one of the, you know, the worst defense in terms of, you know, points allowed in uh, the league. And they do have a bottom half passing offense as well. So we're going, and they're going up against a team that isn't necessarily that great at moving the ball, you know, down the field, but they can run the ball with the, with Jacksonville. They can definitely run the ball. They got T.J. Yeldon and Leonard Fournette, and you know they do have Blake Bortles though. So that you know that's their kryptonite. So um, it's a to- that game's a toss up for me, um, but I definitely think the Rams will win this week. Um, but like I said, the KC game with the Jacks that's a toss up. So again, um, I think. I think one of them is still undefeated by the end of this week. I don't think both. I don't think both, but one of them stays undefeated this week, and I want to lean toward the Rams. Now, the, my next question is, can anybody run the ball? Now, the top two rushers this year, I, this is not necessarily a question posed to the uh, Post towards them, but this is uh, the top two rushers this year are, are Zeke, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He's at 462 yards and two touchdowns, uh, and I think he'll his yardage will, and his production will go up because I, I think that Dak Prescott is struggling this year to pass the ball. There aren't a lot of offensive weapons for him to throw the ball to, so look for them to rely 
on Zeke a lot more this year. So I think he'll he'll his numbers are definitely, especially in the touchdown department, will, will, will jack up. And also, uh, Ty Gurley, I think the same way. Uh, he already has four touchdowns on the year. He has 334 yards. But I, I think also that offense is capable of being more balanced than a lot of different teams. But uh, if we look at teams like Pittsburgh, they're struggling. They're really struggling at moving the ball, running the Running at running the ball, if anything, uh, James Conner, their starting running back, he has had he had nine attempts last week and only 19 yards and no touchdowns uh, against Baltimore, which was a loss. And so you start, and also he averaged 2.1 yards per play, which is nothing. Uh, he's not really moving the ball at all. And this is strange because this is coming off a week one win or a week one tie at least against Cleveland, where he went 435 yards. So he, you know he's regressed the past couple of weeks. Now your Top ten running back in the in the league in terms of rushing is Chris McCaffrey, and he has zero rushing touchdowns. Although he has two hundred seventy five yards, so you know just because he's getting yardage, he's not scoring. So is he efficient? Is he you know what's going on there? Of course he's not an every down back, and maybe he's not the goal line running back either. But again, I mean, uh, two hundred seventy six yards at week five. I don't see it. I mean, I don't see, you know, where the, you know, and I and I see where, you know, if you look at their record, they're a team that that could win their division, but they could lose their division. I think all those factors count. If you look at Lamar Miller, uh, he has 225 yards, and he also has, but he also has zero touchdowns. And look at the Texans; they're one and three. And you don't think if they had a balance running the game that would help out a little bit if they could run the ball just a little bit, uh, not have to worry about Deshaun. Uh, I mean, yeah, Deshaun Watson's arm so much. I think that would help. I really do, and I think that's what makes these. I think that's what makes uh, Los Angeles, or at least the Rams, successful. They can run the ball, and they can definitely pass the ball too. Uh, I think in terms of, and now you have teams like the Raiders, who you know have somewhat of a balanced offense, yet you know they're still have they still have a losing record. But that's mostly because their defense is porous, and there's nothing you can do, you know. And they don't have a they don't even have a lockdown corner or lockdown corners to make up for the fact that they don't have a pass rush. So they have their own issues. But if you look at the team like teams like the 49ers, they have one they have the third best rusher in the league, uh, with Brita. And he, and also uh what makes them look a little bit positive is CJ Beathard. He can actually make passes. Uh they were close to beating the Chargers in LA last week. So they can play ball. They actually have, you know, have a you know, chance because they have a running game. So I just think it's important that these teams are able to balance the ball. I mean, balance, you know, balance out how they're moving the ball because it's, I mean, especially with Pittsburgh, we know that they're missing Le'Veon Bell. Despite his antics, despite all that, they would, they would definitely, definitely be enjoying his service services right now. So, uh, when are teams going to start running the ball? That's my that's my main thing. And finally, uh, can Wentz stabilize Philly again? Currently, they're at two and two. They're third in the NFC East. Uh, last week, they took a I think it was an upset. Uh, they lost twenty six twenty three against Tennessee in overtime. Uh, Wentz didn't do that bad. He went thirty three of fifty, uh, and he had three hundred forty eight yards and two touchdowns. This week, they'll be facing the Vikings. So this is going to be uh, definitely a test to see where they're at. Uh, they, they'll be playing another playoff, potentially a playoff team. So it's a good chance to see where Wentz is at, where the team is at. Uh, I know this is not the same Eagles as it were last year. I think, And I think the fact that they're lo- they lost uh, LeGarrette Blunt kind of you know, hampers them a little bit. I think they like that. I think they looked good with that two running back system, two power backs kind of just being able to get yardage and just keep the ball uh, moving down the field. So, you know, again, 
I think it'll be difficult, but if Wentz can get a, a solid win here, I think they can go. They can definitely, you know, start from there. But uh, in terms of you know who I think wins that game, I, you know, I think I think Philly has enough offensively, and I'm not too sure about you know, uh, you know, the Vikings are kind of an enigma to me because they tied against the Packers, but they got blown out, you know, a week later by the Bills. So it's like I don't know. I really don't know. I would like to see them play Chicago first to see how good they are, if anything. I don't know. But uh, we'll take one last break, and when I come back, we're going to be talking some MLB baseball. Like I said, uh, it's the playoffs, and we're going to be going over the NLDS. We're also going to be uh, previewing the ALDS as well. So the divisional series, we're going to be talking about them just next. So uh, y'all, y'all keep listening. Thank you. All right, y'all. So we are back, and I'm going to wrap this show up for today. And like I said, I was going to be going over the MLB playoffs, starting with the uh, – the National League Divisional Series, the NLDS. And uh, the two games that were on last night were the Rockies and the Brewers and the Braves and the Dodgers. The Brewers came out on top against the Rockies 3-2. And the Braves, they lost to the Dodgers 0-6. Uh, as far as the Dodgers go last night, uh, first baseman Max Muncie, he had a three-run home run. Uh, also, Jock Peterson hit an RBI as well. As far as pitching goes, Hyunjin Ryu, he had a solid game going seven innings, zero earned runs. Only allowing four hits and he also got eight strikeouts as far as the Braves they had six uh, hits in total as a team but like I said weren't able to generate any runs or RBIs uh, Mike Fultonowitz he had a very difficult game uh, he only went two innings giving up three hits four earned runs and he also gave up three uh, three walks uh, their reliever also only went about two innings as well also giving about about uh, about another two runs. So very difficult game, again, for them pitching. Uh, I think the Dodgers can probably sweep this division. I don't even think, I mean, because the All-Stars, the, you know, the Machados and the Yasiel Puig, he didn't even show up last night. So, I mean, game two, look for them guys to definitely be a factor. I think the star power, I mean, if, if it's going to be any year that shows up for the Yankees, I mean, for the Dodgers, excuse me, it'll have to be this year because they're going to have to go through, uh, you know, I think the Braves, they can get through pretty easily, but they're going to have to beat either the Rockies or the Brewers, two good teams. Rockies been up on their heels in terms of the NL West for the majority of the year, and the Brewers, one of the hottest teams, I would say, in the NL uh, NL period, and they were able to sneak uh, the NL Central from the Cubs, and it eventually led to the Cubs' demise against, to the, against the Rockies. So, uh, the Dodgers, they're looking like, to me, the, the just because of score tonight, looking like the well last night, just the more dominant team in in this series. Again, those that star power is gonna have to show up though, because I think the Brewers or the Rockies could probably take them, t- take them to the limit. Uh, speaking of that series, that lim- that that series itself should go to the limit as well. Two hot teams, two teams that stay relatively up on the number one team's heels throughout the, throughout the season and, like I said, competed. So look for that series to go down to the wire, the wire as well. Excuse me. Now, also, we got some more action coming on today, though. Today, though, in terms of the ALDS, we got the Indians taking on the Astros. This is going to be the game one of the AL ALDS as well. We also got the Rockies and the Brewers going up, going at it for game two. Like I said, uh, the Brewers are winning that series one to zip, and we also got the Braves and the Dodgers going at it for game two tonight. We already know, like I said, the Dodgers have a one game lead. Now, the most interesting thing to me, the most interesting games, really though are going to be uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox uh, to me because that rivalry, we already know about the rivalry. Uh, we already know this this red-hot 
red, I mean, this Red Sox team has been pretty red hot. Uh, they broke, they've broken their team franchise record for wins. Uh, they haven't necessarily looked, you know, dominant against New York though. And you know, New York star power has shown up. Uh, it showed up against the A's. Unfortunately, my team, uh, they were able to beat us seven to two in the wild card game. I'm a little bit sad about that, but again, they had star power. It showed up. Uh, look forward to show up at some point against the Red Sox too. Uh, again, I don't have a favor for that one. I definitely like the uh, the Red Sox pitching a lot more, though I trust them a lot more. Uh, so uh, they definitely have their pros and their cons for each team. As far as the Indians and Astros, again, we're looking at like another another ace versus ace matchup. Both teams, you know, deep in terms of starting pitchers, also relief as well. But I think uh, the his, the Astros hit a little bit better. Uh, they they have just they can move exactly. They have Altuve. Uh, they have they just have a lot more going on in terms of hitting the ball. So I I'm gonna go with the Astros at least tonight. But we'll see how the series goes. All right, y'all. Uh, we'll be we'll be. Uh, this is enough for today. I'm gonna let y'all go enjoy the rest of y'all afternoons and everything. Uh, but when we come back tomorrow, uh, we have a special weekend edition. I'll be going over you know just some more war on the street. I'm you know just for a weekend wrap up in terms of that. We're also gonna be going over the ALDS as well and all the games that happened today for the MLB and we're going to preview some college football because guess what it's college football day so we're going to be going over those scores as well and also the rankings as, as well too and I haven't been hiding it I got it for you I got the kamikaze uh, review for uh, Eminem I will be doing that and I will be doing a comparison too I will be comparing that to Carter 5 and I'll be comparing that to Kanye's eventual release as well uh, but Tomorrow, look out for the Kamikaze review. And before I before I let you guys go, I wanted to give out a couple of shout outs. Uh, one big shout out to my family back east, the Robinson family, Butler family, Berkeley's and Mayfields as well. I'm doing much better, y'all. Thank you for the hospitality. Despite the circumstances, I love all you guys. Also to my extended family, Eddie, Tori, Carlos, Jose, Ben. All my peoples love you guys. And most importantly, the people that listen to this show every day, every time I put something out there. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for giving me the time of the day. And you know what? On that note, much love. And if somebody hasn't told you directly, I love you. Peace out, y'all. Peace.